0: Next time they do a remote, I'm going to capture the recording with Audio Hijack. That's kind of what made me go set it up. And I'm like, hey, I should schedule this to record so I don't forget. And then I'll have it. So my question for you is, uh, how do you use scheduling in Audio Hijack? I haven't even (laughs) looked at (laughs) it.
1: So it's actually pretty straightforward. I haven't set up a schedule in a while. So I don't know if anything. I actually haven't set up a schedule since. Uh, version 4 came out. But I assume given that it was very accessible for me to set it up in version 3 that that hasn't changed in version 4 but essentially you add the schedule and what you're going to do and that's where when you have that recording block and it has the URL for it to open, that's where you're going to drop in that URL where you want it to go. Now the only problem that you could potentially run into is if the stream doesn't automatically start playing when you open up the page.
0: Can it load a PLS file from a URL, or do I need to load that in VLC? Because that's what I use to play my PLS files, or do you know? Uh,
1: I don't know. I was going to say you may be able to drop in the direct link that starts the stream playing, and that may work. I would play around with that. Or, alternatively, uh, set up, instead of using the URL, just have it open uh, VLC and have vlc load the stream and just have it record from vlc
0: can you record a schedule you can schedule vlc to open up and then audio hijack or do you know
1: uh, yeah. So you can, when, when you're setting up a schedule, where if you're using an app, you can have it open that app. So when the session starts, everything that you have set up in that session is going to trigger, right? So if you're recording from an application and you set the application as the, so you're, you're setting up your, your source, right? The record right. block is just going to record whatever you're passing into it. So you're setting up your source block. Uh, so if you choose application and you choose VLC, you can, uh, it will open up VLC if VLC is not open.
0: Okay, that's the important thing. So if VSC is not open; it'll open that application at that scheduled time. Yeah. Sweet. Well, I will add this to my non-existent follow-up file to say this is how it went. But it, you know,
1: it, it goes in. It goes into doist, man. Uh, I don't know if I made a se- there's a section for follow up. There is. Those sections don't show up in uh, Fantastico, by the way.
0: They don't show up when you're arrowing through to doist either, like with your up and down arrow key. Yeah. Yeah. But you know they're there. Yeah,
1: I know that I know they're well, I know they're there now because I went and looked into doist, right? And just navigated normally into doist and was able to see to say, but yeah, they also don't show up when you're arrowing through to doist either. But um, what I'm saying with Fantastic when looking at the list for technically working, there are no delineated sections, even though I know they exist.
0: So I am horrible about Todoist. And I see finish enrollment for Andrew's summer camp. I can go complete that now because that's finally been paid and done. But that just tells me I need to go in and start looking at Todoist more. I so what's
1: so what's going on with your reminders though? Because you started out when you wiped <laughs> your phone doing reminders, and then you had the HomePod. So I was like, well, maybe you will he'll start doing more with reminders because you can address those for the HomePod uh, as well.
0: So I'm still using reminders periodically so if mallory tells me hey can you remind me about this or hey i need to be here on this day i will drop that into reminders i i just quickly throw it in there and then it reminds me it, or if it's an appointment i'm using fantastical for that um that's about it like if i don't use i have uh commitment issues i think we've all known that forever because like i have reminders in reminders and when marty puts reminders in reminders of the time I see them. The problem that I have with reminders, and maybe I need to figure this out and, and change it, is I got to a point where... I needed to remind myself to look at reminders because I wasn't actually looking at the (laughs) reminders. So Marty went and set up two reminders on my reminders list that we have with him. One at 7 a.m. and one at 4 p.m. And you can see where this is going. That says, check your reminders. It worked for about a week, week and a half. Now, whenever I see reminders notifications, I'm just like, clear, 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 clear. Yeah.
1: That, and that's one of the reasons I really try to curate what apps can send me notifications because i am extremely guilty of that notification blindness Mm -hmm. where it's like after a while i just don't look at it and often it's because of and i wish I'm, i'm hopeful for when we get to a point with mobile operating systems in general and google may be better at this with android i don't i don't know but sometimes being more contextual when you notify me, like if I have a Todoist task or reminders, cause I've tried it in both and I suffer from the same issue. If I'm in the middle of washing dishes and I get a notification from Todoist that says, you know, uh, look into OSC and it's like, eh, I don't got time to do that right now. And it'll either get dismissed right then or more likely what's going to happen is the next time I unlock my phone to, you know, adjust the pot, pick a different podcast to play or something while I'm still cleaning up. Mm-hmm. It's now gone. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still a notification center, but from my perspective, it's gone and I've forgotten about it. And when I'm done washing dishes, it's not going to pop back up in my brain. It'd be like, oh, yeah, remember, you're going to do this thing. Yeah. Uh, so more contextual in this around it. And I, I understand like do as an app do DUE for people listening DUE
0: there's is there's an app, app
1: that you can configure to constantly nag you. If you don't complete a reminder, you have an app, you have several, I mean, it's very configurable. The time frame that is going to nag you and how long and all of that. I personally don't like the app uh, I don't remember why I don't like it. I just remember not liking it. I tried it. Um, but I, I feel like I kind of need something like that that's a little bit more contextual. Developing the habit of looking at my reminders list or to-do list sticks for a while and life gets in the way, right? Uh, for people listening this past Friday, I was in Talladega for an event like there's nothing that was going to pop up on my notifications that was going to yank my attention away from what I needed to be doing for AT guys at that time, unless it was my server went down. Uh And even then I finished, you know, putting in an order for someone that was standing in front of me, placing an order before I went to go deal with that. But you've tailored
0: those notifications to make that something that you don't really have to think about when you're in that situation, Uh, right? Is that based on focus modes or?
1: Nope. So for push, so for any server site down notifications or server notifications, I send all of those to push over some kind of way, Um, either using a pushover email address. Uh, if that's the only way that the service that I may be using. So let me back up a bit. So for people not familiar, Pushover is a notification service. It's application. It's available on every platform that I can think of. And there are several ways that you can have notifications arrive or get pushed to the app. Uh, some services, some web services have integrations with them, including IFTTT and uh, uh, Zapier have integrations as well. With, so I started out initially monitoring sites, uh, that I host or have any involvement with, uh, using Fathom, which is the analytics service that I use, uh, for, for tracking, uh, website visits because it's anonymized. I have no idea who visits the site. I can just tell people, hey, 27 people visited your site this week and, you know, 13 visited last week, which are some of the numbers I see or have seen. Uh, sometimes it's higher. But, They also offer a monitoring service and all they're doing is just checking the website like they're probably just doing a ping job on the on the back end. Like if they get a 200 response, okay, it's up. If they get anything other than that, uh, then it's down and they will send you an email. So instead of me having that go to my email inbox, where I know I'm not going to see it, I use a email address for pushover that if an email comes into that address, the body of the email gets sent to me as a notification. And I use a, and there's different levels of notification alerts with Pushover. PushBullet is another service out there that does this. There's a, there's a new one that people have been talking about for iOS that lets you put a web app on your home screen and can send push notifications to. I paid for Pushover years ago. Not really interested in trying out anything different unless there is a compelling reason for me to do so. So if you have some recommendations why I should look at something else, let me know. But if it just does the same stuff, as pushover, not interested because I'm satisfied with where I'm at. But there are several different levels of alerts. So you can have just a basic alert and it pops up and, you know, whatever goes away. You can have things delivered silently. I'm not really sure why, but, you know, there's a reason. I guess, but there's also priorities there. And the highest priority is what I set a site. When a site goes down, that is a high priority alert. And the way that that works is when the notification first comes in. So I got one of these on Friday. like I was actually in the middle of checking or getting ready to start checking out a customer. So I actually had an option to defer finishing this you know going through with this purchase for this customer versus quickly going over and getting the server to reboot itself so it, things would come back up because I knew what the problem was i went ahead and checked out the customer because that's what i was there for now with this notification being high priority it comes in and if i don't interact with that notification and acknowledge it it is going to keep sending notifications and there's again you can schedule the time frame so it can be every 30 seconds without acknowledgement, every 60 seconds, whatever. Like you have some some flexibility there in, in how many, you know, how much time has to pass without you acknowledging the notification before it sends you another one. But because it if I don't acknowledge it, and you have to either open up the notification or if you flick up to more, flick down to more, double tap, you have the button there that says acknowledge. That lets it know, okay, I saw this, stop notifying me. But until I do that it's going to keep sending notifications. And I have it set to send them to me every minute because if a site is down, I need to know about it. And if I don't acknowledge that notification for whatever reason, I, that's something I can't allow to slip, right? Uh, or if I happen to be asleep, which happened one night too. Uh, and I was asleep and it kept buzzing and buzzing and buzzing until you dumped me. It was like, your watch keeps vibrating me. I was like, oh. And I woke up and I looked, I was like, Go fix it. (laughs) But that's the point, right? I have to be able to get that up because I don't, you know, this, you know, isn't a thing I can just blow off and be like, oh, well, you know, they'll be all right. You know, no, people can come after me if I don't keep their sites up. I like that process of being able to say this note, this specific type of notification or notification from this particular service or using this specific, you know, custom email address for uh, pushover make it high priority. So it keeps bugging me until I, one, acknowledge to push over and I'm not going to do that thing where it's like, and if Todoist did this, I would probably get a lot more stuff checked off at least. I don't say done because a lot of times I do the thing and don't think about going back to check yep. it off. Yep. Like that's another problem, right? And that leads to clutter because you go in and you look to see what's in Todoist and it's like, oh, all this stuff. And then you check off a bunch of stuff and then at that point you're like, well, I feel like I've done a lot today. I'm done. <laughs>
0: I hit my daily goal. Let's move uh-huh. on now. Yep.
1: <laughs> moving on. Moving on. But that is the thing that I really appreciate about having pushover. Uh, and I have it set up for a couple other things, but that's one of the things I appreciate is that I can set something to be higher priority. So it's going to keep nagging me until I acknowledge it. So it's not even, oh, I went and fixed the problem so I don't have to worry about it. Nope. It's gonna keep buzzing my phone or my watch or whatever until I say acknowledge like i i I've, I've dealt with it please stop the madness
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it can get annoying and 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 is that how do works is it kind of keeps buzzing you and and reminding you of stuff like that cuz So I will check that out. I will follow up with do uh, because it is in set up. I'm going to go download it and actually have it, have it be my reminder to check off things in Todoist and do it maybe every evening or every other evening, see if I can figure that out and and set that up. Because another thing is, is I want to look into a tool like pushover. If you follow me on Mastodon, payon at unmute.community, you would know that I have officially declared as of yesterday that I absolutely hate email. Because I hate email. Like, I hate email. But there's important things that come into email that need to, A, either be taken care of or dealt with, or B, that need my attention in some way, like need me to reply or something. So maybe what I could do is start setting up some filters in Gmail that says, Hey, if you get an email from Rick at ACB media, or Hey, if you get an email from Jeff, uh, forward these emails to these pushover or this pushover notification email or an alternative tool, Damn, so maybe I'll look at those other ones, then, uh, I will actually look at them. And then when I command a delete all of my email every <laughs> week, I deleted a thousand emails yesterday. I'm gonna look at uh, SaneBox. I promise one of these days. But then I'll at least have notifications to say, "Hey, you need to go find that email from Jeff." That's the only reason I have no problem with doing a Command A delete on my email is because I know if something comes up or someone says, "Hey, did you get those show notes for that episode published?" Oh shoot, no, I did not. But I can go. St- I can still go search for it because it's not all the. Way- it's not gone forever.
1: Right, and that that is a major advantage um, to having Gmail, especially. Uh, Because the default for Gmail, even when you delete an email, is that it just goes into the all mail folder uh, versus actually going into the trash folder, uh, which is an entirely different thing. For those of you who may be using a different email service and you did not go into the mail settings to configure what happens when you delete a message, does it go to trash, does it go to archive or whatever. One way that you could also do what Michael is doing uh, is command A. And then do Command-Control-A, which will archive your messages. So it will move all of those messages to your archive folder as opposed to Command-Delete, which may, for you, uh, send it to the trash uh, if you're not using Gmail. Gmail's native default, even in the web interface, if you delete a message, really is for it to go to the All Mail folder. Like you have to do some very specific, intentional things to trash a message in Gmail, which is good in some ways, and it, it set expectations that I can always search for email, right? Like I have a ridiculous amount of email uh, <laughs> saved, so like seven gigs now, I think, of well, email saved, but now that's you know from back 2008, 2009 or something, uh, email, and I've imported email from several different accounts over the years, So, but I can always go search up something if I need to, and that is a beautiful thing about email. Like you, I truly despise email. Um, I really wish that there were a and I've tried several different systems over the years. Like for a while I was having specific emails filtered and sent to a Slack email address. I think Slack has since disabled that or discontinued that for free customers. I don't remember. Uh but then Slack also got junky itself, so I'll stop doing it. I like the idea of using pushover for that, and that may be a thing that I do um for ensuring that important emails get sent to me directly. One thing that I know for sure that I will be doing over the coming months is rebuilding out my support ticketing system with Free Scout, And I'm going to start filtering people's email that are customers, especially into uh-huh. that system. And the reason is because I don't want to miss a customer email in the midst of the other junk that you know, stacks up my, my, there's an email right now that, <laughs> you know, it's not as important as a customer email, but it would be nice if I replied to this person right, uh, that's right. sitting there that I haven't gotten to, and the reason I haven't gotten to it is because when I initially, when Mike told me, it's the email from Steven. Uh, when Mike told me about it, I was like, oh, okay, I see it, I don't have time to, you know, answer it right now. So I didn't even open it because I was like, I don't have time to answer it. And maybe keeping it unread means the next time I see it, I'm like, oh, I didn't reply to this. Because if I open it and then it doesn't say unread anymore, I'm like, well, I don't know. Uh, And sometimes I filter email just by what's unread so I can get through and make sure I haven't missed anything. The problem with this methodology is, though, email, Stephen's email, for example, is probably about the 75th or 80th email down in my inbox now.
0: (laughs) Yep, I get it, I get it. So when you do command A, delete, because you get frustrated with email, you may miss Stephen's email.
1: Uh Uh-huh. So Sandbox is something I want to try. Well, actually, I'm going to use Michael as a canary and let him go do it. And then he'll tell me if he likes it, if I should actually go back and look at it. I have used Sandbox before. Both of us have. I think we talked about Sandbox in our early episode about Episode uh-huh.
0: one, we talked about Sandbox. Was managing it managing that, that inbox? Yep. Yep. Yeah,
1: that was the first episode. So Twenty seventeen was
0: the first time we played with Same Box. It looks like, like April, I think, or whatever it was. Somewhere around there.
1: Uh and it, it's it's a decent it was decent then. I think the reason I stopped using it is I'm like, well, you know, I don't get a lot of email. I had kind of gotten things under control a little bit, at least I thought. Uh, I had set up filters mm-hmm. for moving receipts into my receipts folder. Uh, all of that sort of stuff, so I, I left it alone because you know. I mean, I was also, you know, seriously, I had just moved to Tuscaloosa. I think when I when I canceled February seventeenth
0: is when we published that of twenty seventeen. So yeah,
1: yeah, I think I had just moved to Tuscaloosa when I canceled. It's like man, like you know the move, all of this, like cutting costs is basically mm-hmm. why box went away. Like not that same box turned out to be a terrible service. It's like, nope, just cutting costs around here. And since then, it's like I try to be very intentional when I sign up for what I know is going to be a subscription service. I'm more apt, and here's a tip for anybody that's trying to get money out of me, I am very quick to sometimes purchase things that maybe if I gave it more thought, I would say no to if it's a one-time purchase. If I'm signing up for a subscription, I'll start projecting out, you know, mm. I'll put on my business owner's hat for real. And it's like, well, you know, this is going to cost, you know, $5 a month. Well, over the course of a year, it's going to cost me this. And do I really need it mm. that bad?
0: <laughs> Would I pay that amount of money right now for this? Right. Year? And a lot of and times that's the, the answer other thing is no.
1: Too. That's the other thing, too. I try to more when I know I need something, I will try to pay for it for a year so I'm not currently dealing, you know, constantly dealing with the monthly subscription fees. I try to. I don't do everything like that because sometimes it's just too expensive. I still need it, but it's, you know, can't afford to <laughs> hit them off for a year right now. So we'll do it monthly because I need that service. You know, I'm currently paying for uh, my SYNC account monthly, whereas the first year, because when I started the business and I first paid for SYNC, I paid for it for a year. And that was great until that bill came around again. And I was looking at my bank account and I was looking at other commitments and I was like, mm, so we're going to switch this to monthly.
0: For right now, we might go back yearly soon. We'll, we'll but. go back
1: yearly when we can, but we're going to switch to monthly because I need it because it is my primary cloud service. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that, that 240 wasn't looking. I mean, I could have paid it, but then I would have been, you know. I'd have really been hounding people who sometimes pay invoices, you know, a few days late. Like, hey, hey, can you pay that invoice early? <laughs> uh, hey, you, can you pay up for like maybe three months? Right. Uh, let's let's try a quarterly approach it because I would have been hurting. So, you know, I had to make that decision. Uh, but we'll see how Signbox works. I want to back up for a second and go back to clean email. Uh, okay. How and what happened? Because you signed up for it when we were recording last uh-huh.
0: week. Yep. Signed up for it. It did the processing that it needed to. It sent me a report that said, hey, you need to go through and you need to do this. So I sat down on the couch with my phone and I'm like, I'm going to do this from the phone. I went through and I started double tapping on things. And then I really still got like 90 more of these to go do to sort. I don't want to go through and sort. Is do I want to get this? Do I want to keep this in my inbox? Do I want to move it out? Do I want to keep getting these messages? There are three choices, and I forget what they were that you could pick. Um, and so I did not go through all of my email, and the, that's one of the reasons why I was looking at same boxes because it's more of a, it's more, it's more of automated, an automated when it's filing. Yeah, yeah it, it's like a sledgehammer though because. Until it It gets comfortable with your email and knows what you like and what you don't, you need to consciously check both your inbox and your at saying later email so you can move messages around so that the tool becomes more understanding of the content that you want to keep in your inbox and not. And to me, because I'm already working in my email, I think that's going to be a little bit more of a sustainable thing for me is you know going in and and moving messages around and trying to remember to check at same later or whatever it is so we'll a
1: reminder to check your saying later folder once a week Mm-hmm. well actually though mm-hmm. if I if I remember correctly with SaneBox.
0: it'll um, email you and remind you yeah
1: I think it will send you an email like once a week or something to to check your at saying letter especially when you first get started mm-hmm. I think it will kind of gently remind you to go look to see if you need to refile some of the emails that it is filing over there but it is a very good service but it is kind of like a sledgehammer like they're a little bit more surgical uh they will attempt to or in most cases move people that it finds you have previously emailed with tend to hit your inbox not go to saying later but a lot of these newsletters will go to uh i think they do have a at saying news folder you can activate uh that will kind of capture a lot of the newsletter yep. stuff Yep. uh just generic marketing crap will end up in you know saying later uh if somebody emails you for the first time and you have not really communicated with said person before they may end up in saying later so it is but it does keep your inbox a little
0: clean that's good. But here's honestly the one feature that I am looking for. Same black hole. I'm tired of taking <laughs> emails and going through and thinking unsubscribe. I can just move. And for those who don't know, what you can do is you can move emails to the same at same black hole. And then any emails from Demasi. Actually, I wouldn't move from there because I definitely missed stuff. But any emails from the person who sent the email to you would then just skip your same later. And it would skip your inbox. And it just goes into that same black hole. To me, I think that. That's what has me super excited about it because run that for two, three, four weeks and I will realize very quickly how many emails I'm no longer getting because you can select multiple messages and a lot of and times- just
1: same black hole them.
0: Yep, a lot of times it's the same thing. Like I'm selecting 20, 30 messages a day and deleting them. Why am I not same black holding them? And you know what? If I, if I think that it's going to be a struggle and I'm thinking about this right now, to VO shift M, choose move to folder, same black hole. Maybe what I should do is change my delete key to automatically do that. I won't because then I'll move something there accidentally, but.
1: So I'll give you a Mac mail tip. I don't think this works on iOS. But I haven't tried it either. But on the Mac, and it's been this way for years, and it's honestly how I used to file and how I still file receipts that that don't hit my filter automatically for receipts, you know, because some people send things to say, your invoice has been completed, you know, completed or whatever, right? And I have to move that manually over. If you add a folder from your email account to the favorites bar. And I should do a video on on how you do this.
0: Okay. But um, if new you, content.
1: If you add a folder to your favors bar, it now has a shortcut for you using and hold on because I actually have to do it. Okay, let's do this. We okay, so command, control, and then a number. And you have to figure out which number ah, your folder is. Okay. Now command in a number will move you to that folder. So like command five for me right now moves me to my receipts folder. Whoa. But
0: I did if not I'm, know that.
1: If I'm looking at an email in my inbox and I need to move it to my receipts folder, command control five moves that email instantly to that folder. Or whatever you have selected. You know, so if you have multiple messages selected, it will also, you know, do the same thing. And now that email from Sweetwater about how to clean your how to take care of your microphones and receipts, we're gonna undo because it doesn't belong there. But that is how I get a, So what you could do is add the same black hole folder or same later, whichever folders you, you're going to be consistently moving stuff to to train same box. Mm-hmm. Add them to your favorites. All you have to do is hit command control, whatever the corresponding corresponding number is. And now that's done.
0: Okay. So yeah, we will definitely follow up with box because that is, that
1: is a definition of a quick tip, folks. There you
0: go. Because
1: quick. I do it all the time and I don't think I've ever told Michael about nope. that ever in life. Nope.
0: Not even privately. Nope.
1: Nope. Yeah, I've been doing that for so long. I don't even remember when I started doing, but because oftentimes, you know and by default, you have to go do some cleanup here. That's why I said I'll do a video on or do a you know do a walkthrough of how to do this. I will show you how to clean out the things that you don't want in your favorites because by default it puts every inbox for each account yeah. that you have on that favorites. Uh, uh so for me, working. yep. So for me, quickly jumping around now, command one will show me all mail. That's all the inboxes smashed together. I don't really look at that view all that often, uh, honestly. I don't even know why it's still there. I should probably get rid of that one. Uh, command two takes me to my bedrock email. Command three takes me to the AT guys inbox. Command four puts me in VIPs, which I honestly don't use the VIPs inbox at all or folder at all to look at email. I use VIP strictly so that I can manage mail notifications. So I don't get a notification from mail on iOS or Mac unless it's from a VIP. Unless I go in and do that thing on iOS where I say, hey, notify me about any replies to this thread or whatever, which I haven't done in a while. But if Michael sends me an email, I instantly get a notification unless I'm in a focus mode that has mail notifications disabled, I will get a notification. And I don't have a ton of VIPs, but I have a few because if those people email me nine times out of ten,
0: uh, I probably should look at it. Unless Michael's just forwarding you a newsletter, which happens every once in a while, not too often.
1: The funny thing is that because of how I set up, and I did this to myself, it's not any anything you did because of me setting up your your dot com emails that go out to be from Michael at yourownpay dot com that also triggers the VIP notifications. Uh, So yeah, if I'm up in the middle of the night when uh, Updraft does a backup, I get a a (laughs) notification that says, (laughs) your old has been backed up successfully. It's like, oh man, I should really (laughs) fix this. I don't have time right now. I'm up at three o'clock in the morning. It's not to fix this. It's to do something else. This Uh, is why I love this
0: show. I have favorites here, and I have never collapsed him. Quick tip, if you did not know, vo backslash, the key directly above the enter key, will let you expand or collapse things uh, very quickly. So I've never collapsed my favorites and or went through because for me, it's inside of favorites, all mailboxes and then drafts. And uh, well, that's actually not the order. It is all inboxes, VIPs, flagged all drafts. I use none of those, so I am excited for this uh, content for you to show me how to reorganize this because I just go into my inbox and I go to the next inbox and I go to the next inbox. Uh, the mail app seems to be pretty powerful. It'd be interesting to see what happens uh, after tomorrow. Yeah, yeah,
1: man. WWDC is coming up. We're not making any predictions. Nope. We're not talking nope. about any of that. Not doing it. None nope. of it. None of it. On a positive Although, note, though, I've been playing. I with will say. For- oh, go ahead. I will say it is going to be interesting if no mention of any kind of vr ar whatever are if no reality device whatsoever is
0: mentioned in this keynote you think someone just just leaked this this uh screenshot that makes people think reality os just because it's in a screenshot doesn't actually mean it's there people
1: (laughs) so at this point, I would say most leaks that you get like that one, I haven't heard about that one, but I, I don't, uh, I try not, I try to ignore all that stuff anyway, but if it's leaking now, it probably is going to be there. Right. But, but at the same time, Apple has shown itself to sometimes still have a sense of humor. So I could entirely see Craig saying, yeah, we're going to put this up on the CDN early. So people think that we accidentally put this up there early and then we're not even talking about that thing tomorrow. We're just trolling people. Right. I could see they're probably not doing that. Right. If I were able to make a decision, I would absolutely do it. Right. I would because it would be so fun for me. Right. And and so you should listen to Connected uh from this week if you haven't. Uh, they, they're they doing their, their Ricky's picks, which is still interesting. You, wait, are you still Connected Pro? Did you go back to Connected pro? I, I
0: have not yet, but I, I will if I need to.
1: Man, listen, so the Connected Pro version of the show this, this week was very funny. It, it, okay. was, it was hilarious. Okay. It, it, you really got to hear that. If I pay but,
0: for it, I will listen to it. And so I need to go pay for it. Maybe, yeah, we, we could talk about podcasts and how podcast listening hung. Anyways, go on.
1: But one of the things in the main show that everybody can listen to is uh, they were going through their picks for WWDC, which they do for every Apple event coming up, uh, which is always interesting to see what people know what they're thinking about. But uh, one of the things that they talked about. I kind of forgot where I was going with that once I got my mind jumped on the pre-show. Ah. So what happened in the pre-show is they were trying to Stephen was trying to explain to them what PhotoStream stream was because Apple has announced that they're killing photo stream. Right. Uh, you probably don't remember that. It was a thing. I forgot that it was a thing and I definitely didn't know it was still active, but it was, you know, a, a thing. I, I'm i not going to try to explain it. But anyway, he was trying to explain it to, to, to Mike and uh, uh, Federico. Right. And they kept saying, well, like, what does that mean? Well, how does that work? Why he's trying to explain it? He was like, will you stop asking questions so I can finish explaining it? He's like, well, we're not really understanding what any of this really means. He was like, because it was a beep feature anyway. Right. I don't, I don't, he could have said several words there. <laughs> man, Mike, I've never heard Mike Hurley laugh so hard in my life. He was like, oh man, he, he's so angry. He cursed.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I got it. it's it's the entertainment that that uh makes it worth paying for. That sounds yep. awesome.
1: Yep, and I don't get to hear ads, either, which surprisingly is weird. Like I really have enjoyed. Like I can't pay for every podcast that I listen to, uh, because I listen to too many. But amen the the ones that I am paying for that I listen to that don't have ads anymore, it, it is amazing how much of a difference that makes in the quality of the show because I'm going to say pretty much all of them, I think, with the exception of the Twit stuff. Twit's only seven bucks a month for all of their stuff. Twit, you know where the ads are going to be because Leo still has his radio background. He still has that habit of leading into the ad, but all of the other shows like Connected Pro, uh, DTNS, well, DTNS just used to drop in those uh, A-Cast ads at the beginning. I don't hear those anymore. (laughs) <laughs> so I get to hear
0: good day internet. Or, or when he transitions from the quick hits to the main story. Yes. They cast sometimes they would, yeah, it sometimes. sometimes.
1: So, yep, they, yep, yep, yep. Sometimes they would be inserted there. And I was like, Oh man, that's actually what pushed me over the edge, to be honest. Yeah. You constantly telling me to do it, kept it on my mind. But when they dropped a, a, a insert in right there one day, I was like, nope, I'm done. Can't do it.
0: And you never know. Is it a 15, 30, 45 second or 60 right. second spot? So you can't set your, I so don't you think Tom's ever gone skip. over 60, but yeah, you can't just skip that. And
1: over I don't think he has 60, any control over right. those either though, right? Because they're A-Cast based ads. Uh,
0: so they're dynamically inserted so, into the content.
1: Yeah. I, so I had a couple of episodes kind of back to back where they, they dropped ads in uh, as he was transitioning from the quick hits into you know whatever the kind of main topic was going to be discussed right there and they're so horrible with these dynamically inserted <laughs> inserted ads they cut people off at very strange times sometimes or when they come back it's like you've missed about 2 seconds of what was being said in the recording like it it is dynamically inserted ads i understand why they're a thing they're horrible
0: and they could be better, like they can't be
1: they they can be handled better, so mm-hmm. you're right. Uh, let me clarify that the way that most people do them or the way that most of the dynamic insertion services work is horrendous at least it match could be the done it could be done better. Uh, and I have heard some that were done well, but I've heard a lot that were you interrupt the person in the middle of a sentence, right? It's like that's not a time to drop an ad. Like, you know, wait till they're changing topics or at least nobody's talking for like two seconds. Then you insert that. But it's it's, it, it's it's it could be better. I understand why it's important, because if I'm here on the east, you know, east coast or in the southeast part of the United States, there's no point in giving me a local being able to give me a local ad about the Toyota dealership. Having a sale makes perfect sense. Mike doesn't need to hear that on DTNS in Oregon. Hell is he going to do with a Toyota sale in alabama like that's 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 ridiculous so i understand why dynamically inserted ads have become a thing but man like most ad tech is done so horribly wrong but that's what pushed me over the edge for dts was Spe- that
0: speaking of dynamic ads before we talk about you and your home pod i'm going to dynamically insert an ad i produce that i'm kind of proud of Uh, and it's Marty and I so hopefully you'll hear this otherwise it'll just be picked up in the recording. Hey all, Marty here. I wanted to invite you to our live call every Tuesday 1 p.m. East 10 a.m. West in the ACB community. If you want to listen live you can tune in on ACB Media 5 or bring your questions live. Check us out in Clubhouse or visit acb.community to get more information about how you can join the Zoom calls. The replays are also shared on your favorite podcast platform search for unmute present now something different than what other people are is uh, we can talk a little bit about how you produce that cuz it's the same music all the way through but it's 15 seconds uh on each side and one of them is the full music and then if you listen the music itself um, is a different take But it's the same track And that's only 15 seconds long Itself too And I got those from Andre Louis Short's collection Oh
1: man you shouldn't have said Andre Louis man you Shouldn't have said it I think the dog likes <laughs> I think Dakota likes the Andre Louis stuff man
0: No no He just wanted to let me know Mallory came in I almost had him quiet the entire time And then he got it right there at that end I almost had it <laughs> <laughs>
1: So I'm going to pick this apart from a tip. So good ad, like general, just overall. Very good. I like that. Uh, that was well done. I have a question though. Yeah. Why your audio sounds slightly better than Marty's.
0: Huh? I had not picked up on that. Okay. So I wonder what that is. Is it more fuller that you heard or what would you say yes. sounds better?
1: So you sound fuller fuller than marty does it, it, it would almost so if i was going to give a simple explanation of this i would say it sounds like you used the uh broadcast effects chain on your voice and you didn't do it to marty
0: that's probably exactly what happened because i do tend to use the broadcast chain on my voice all the time now what i will say is i'm learning about more reaper skills in a production in a radio production environment and so i'm going to start learning how to customize that broadcast chain but that's probably what happened is i forgot to put that on his uh track
1: and to be clear for marty listening to this he doesn't sound bad it's just when you came in and started talking so you sound you sounded the exact same way that you sound right now almost to the point that like had you if you would have just played that or if i would have just walked in on this kind Uh of I would have thought you were just talking right now, like on clean feed to me. Whereas Marty sounded more like he didn't sound bad. He, he just didn't sound as as he
0: didn't uh, have that lower end to his voice. Right? And, it's and like
1: it. it it's, it's that yeah, makes it's a like, difference. <laughs> It, it does it, it it does you you sounded much more present in my ears you weren't louder than he was and it wasn't anything like that it's like most people would probably say you sounded louder mm-hmm. you didn't actually sound louder than Marty it's just like we had a fuller range of your voice than we did of Marty's
0: yeah so we will we will work on some editing and uh, come join us live on Tuesdays if you didn't catch it
1: a good ad, man. I like yeah. it. that. That that was that was very well done.
0: We're going to start doing more ads for different shows, so you and I need to put together some technically working ad content and then we're also going to work on that uh unmute be heard tagline. that you recorded some stuff for Marty, recorded some stuff for I need to I need to get some other recordings from it. So yeah, fun stuff. Learning about Reaper is my weekend, or my yeah, my weekend projects that I do on Saturday and Sunday is learn new stuff in Reaper. So you got something new, Damasi? I did. I
1: have a HomePod Mini, courtesy yeah. of Michael Babcock, which also did cost me ninety nine bucks. Thanks, Mike.
0: <laughs> Apple, you should be paying me a commission.
1: Really, really, just saying. So,
0: because they've been out for how long, and you haven't bought one yet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so mike sent me one of the whole pod minis that he purchased uh second and i set it up and you know uh i had to go read like how do i reset this because it wasn't doing anything when i first plugged it up uh, uh, so yeah. I, I reset it and got it set up and I added added it it's now in the office, uh in the home app, sitting on my desk. And I played with it for a little bit. I did a phone call, a call Tia from it just to like see how that sounded. She was out somewhere and I needed to ask her something anyway. I was like, Oh, I'll use the home pod, see how that works. Uh I opened this yesterday. So this box actually arrived from Mike on Thursday. Uh, I was already out of Tuscaloosa and in Talladega actually when the box arrived. I did have Tia's dad come by and pick it up. So it wasn't just sitting out, which is good because we got back and it had poured down rain Friday morning. Oh. My carport was floated. And so that box would have been floating uh, and probably saturated and soaked through by the time. But anyway, he picked up the box for me. So he bought it by yesterday morning. Uh, I didn't get around to setting it up until sometime in the afternoon And by the time me and Mike were figuring out that we, or I figured out and was talking to Mike about recording and moving our recording time to today, which is Sunday, uh, I had already bought another one. Uh.
0: (laughs) You're welcome, Apple.
1: Uh, And like Mike said, they've been, I mean, this is the HomePod Mini. It's not the new HomePod. Uh, It's HomePod Mini, which has been out for a while. I have not bought one up until this point, Uh, but I bought one yesterday. What pushed you uh, over that? So- it was a couple of things, honestly. Uh, one, I, I could actually seeing how big it was and how it, being able to hear how it worked and all of that. I was like, okay, this is cool. Uh, I did always want to get one. I just hadn't bought any yet. Uh, and then, you know, seeing how simple it was to do some of the things with, cause when I set up my phone this time, I don't have, uh, uh, high assistant set up on the phone and unless it's unlocked. Like I have to actually hold down the button to get it to work. Uh, I, I don't have that working in the headphones. Um, if anybody's curious, I'll probably explain that at some point later. It, just write it off to parano- paranoia, right? And we'll, we'll call it done. Uh, so I was like, man, this is cool. I'm probably gonna keep this one back here though, which means Tia won't really get to experience it because I wanna play with it, you know, more but i was like oh man this thing is cool i'm going to get another one now the other thing that made me buy it yesterday as opposed to waiting is i also had been intending on trying out the pay in four with apple uh, and i needed to get some air tags cuz i think i'm going to have to put a suitcase under the under the plane I, believe. Uh-huh. I, have, I have not found a i have not found a suitcase that is carry on size that I can put a week's worth of clothes and for sure, that is also a price that I am willing to pay right now. Uh, and I have some very specific requirements. One, it has to have four wheels that roll. That's the thing. And also prefer it to be a hard shell versus a soft suitcase.
0: I will send you a link, sir. i didn't realize you were looking for a hard shell and mallory i think we have a link for them or we bought them locally but we have some that will fit in the overheads they're a little bit longer than like a normal size but they're still in that range for the overheads and so they've never kicked them off and they fit a week's worth of clothes one side will zip up so what i do is i put like dirty clothes in one side and then the other side's where i keep my clean clothes so the zip up side is where i put the dirty clothes so that way i can keep those separate while i'm at convention. Thank you, sir.
1: Yeah. Send me that link or And it has you, four wheels. Excellent. Yeah. So send me that link or if you did buy them locally, uh tell Mallory I have a jar of seasoning for it. in the box <laughs> this coming. So in <laughs> case you go find something similar online for me, please. There you go. Uh, and I was actually gonna put out a call to anybody on uh I know Michael, and I need to go back and look at Michael Doise's uh, post on Mastodon. I think he mentioned the suitcase. He may have mentioned a backpack. I it I was can't a remember backpack was for going.
0: sure. I don't remember about the suitcase.
1: Yeah, Uh, but I was going to put out a call. Like if anybody has a recommendation for such a suitcase that will fit in the carry on, uh, let me know. The one that I initially bought, uh, Tia picked it up from Walmart. It would fit. I, I think I could probably stuff a week's worth of clothes in it. But there's that problem of once they're dirty, where do I put them when I'm coming back? Right. Because, you know, there there's and always pack a little extra because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one, I will be at a blind convention. And I'm sorry if this upsets anybody, but I'm going to be at a blind convention. I'm blind. Sometimes I knock stuff over and I need to change clothes or a blind person. Other than me, knock something over and I need to go change clothes. See, like, it I never happened.
0: thought about that, Damasi. Thank you. Mallory probably would have brought that to my attention, but you're right. Like, I I think last year I may have packed one extra pair of clothes. I'm going to pack two this time.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I, I, and you know, it, and listen, like it happens even if it's not a blind person, but now we're at a convention with a bunch of blind people and yeah. people just trying to say hello and shake your hand and they didn't know a cup was there because I maybe didn't even know the cup was there. Next yep. thing I know, I got, you know, Coca Cola in my lap. I'm like, yeah, this is fun. Uh, so there's the, and I always overpack, like always pack a little bit extra just in case that happens. This comes, this is partially habit from having someone spill something on me and having to wear what was supposed to be next day's outfit that day and paying the hotel to clean some clothes for me. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's much easier to pack a couple of extra sets of clothes than it is to, you know, pay the hotel to clean an outfit for you. Uh, let me tell you, it's not cheap.
0: So AirTags and a HomePod mini. Yep.
1: Air tags and a HomePod mini. Uh, are you going to uh, so,
0: stereo pair or put one in the front and keep one in the back? Or are you going to do kind of both?
1: Uh, so initially what I'm going to do is put one in the front. I told Tia last night. So I'm going to try this one when it gets here and put it in the kitchen. Uh, and I'm, I'm basically giving that hope. So to ask your question, short term, I will probably do a stereo pair just to see what it sounds like. But I've already told her that this blue HomePod mini I ordered is going to be hers. Uh, I'm going to initially put it in the kitchen uh, alongside the Google home hub to see how that goes. Uh, Cause she's like, I don't know what to do with it. Okay, well, you just talk to it. And so we'll see how that, how that right. works out.
0: Which one do you talk to more? And then we can figure out which one we're going to keep there. I think you're going to buy another one or you're going to buy a big home pod. I think maybe not yeah. before convention, but I think it's going to be very shortly after.
1: Oh yeah, it, it will. Cause at some point I'm going to put these in the, put them in the kids room. Uh, I like the ability. So the handoff of audio for me has been seamless with the home Mini many since I had it set up. Like that, that is nice being able to pass something there and then also bring it back. Yes. Uh, has been extremely, like, I like that, that, that that's kind of what pushed me over the edge. Is like that. And the fact that, Oh, I can call people, but if T is using it, it's going to recognize her and she can call somebody from her contact list or, you know, whatever, you know, add stuff to reminders, all of that kind of stuff. Uh but also I wanted to try the pay in for thing with Apple just to see what they, it was actually pretty straightforward uh it shows up it showed up for me in the wallet app so I started there because I had seen it previously uh went in and went through the steps to to you know see if I was going to be approved they approved me for up to $400 uh only you know used about 220 of that mm-hmm. uh, for this purchase and I timed it so that each time I get paid from JJ, the day after that, I should be making a payment of $54 and some change to Apple. And we'll see how it goes. I, I want to see how that works. It, it's it's every two weeks. Uh, so it's not like I told her, like I would never use this to buy a computer right? or anything that was, you know, terribly expensive. But a couple of hundred bucks, easy enough to do. Uh, I'm not out that 200 bucks right away. Uh, and I get the AirTag so she can use AirTags because Tia mentioned to me that she wanted an AirTag or she had been thinking about AirTags because she wants to buy a new case for her Beach Fit Pros. And the case she's looking at has a spot for AirTag, so she can find her case because the current Beats Fit Pros uh, do not have the feature that the current AirPod Pros have, which is or AirPods where there's five My built into the case.
0: Okay, that's frustrating. Uh, I don't.
1: Well, so the current Beats Fit Pros came out before the before AirPods they started Pro doing that. Yeah, like gotcha. they they've been out for about two years, might be three years, going on three years. I now.
0: thought they just released brand new Beats Fit,
1: or is that those a different- are Beats? That's a different
0: okay. lineup. That's a Beats
1: <laughs> Studio buds something. Yeah, gotcha. it gets confusing with the Beats uh, very quickly. Uh, these, I think, the ones that they just released do have. Find My built into them. Uh, but yeah, these Beats Fit Pros are the one that came out in 2021. November 2021 is when it came out. So it was before Apple had released any home, I mean not home, uh, AirPod products with Find My built into the case. Which on a, another note, this whole Find My, your device, and you left a device behind is really janky. Sometimes it's useful, sometimes it's really janky. So, oh,
0: I can't wait till you get to convention with air tags.
1: So, here's an example, right? When I went to Georgia at the beginning of the year uh, for a funeral, right? Left my mom's house, left the laptop at her house, perfectly fine. It told me, Hey, you've left, you know, whatever I named the laptop, you know, and it was last seen at this location. It's like, Okay, cool, you know. I now understand why a lot of people were complaining about the fact it should be easier to mark this as a safe location or mark it temporarily as a safe location, which is the important thing. Like when I'm at a hotel or visiting somewhere, Airbnb, whatever, I should be able to say for the next week, don't remind me if I leave this mm. or something mm-hmm. like there should be some granularity there because that gets annoying. But here's the really annoying thing. We are at this event Friday, right? And we leave. We get in the car. We've got everything already packed up, and we're on the road. About fifteen minutes outside of Talladega, on the way back to Tuscaloosa, <laughs> I get a notification that says your AirPod Pros are no longer detected with you. We think you left them. You know, it's
0: like they're in my pocket. Yep. Yep. One or, of them is in my ear, hearing this message. Right. You're you're playing this through the AirPods that you say I that left. You're telling behind. me I I don't yeah, have. Yeah.
1: Like, yeah. You, my, and this has happened a lot to me.
0: My other favorite one that I get is. Come on, Apple, you know I'm married to Mallory. You know we often travel together. I have went in and disabled it, but I would think that it would be – I get why they want to tell people, and maybe I should... I am overthinking this because I'm thinking about where it would be useful. But my thought was, I if you're in my family, why are you telling me that you're traveling with me? But I guess that makes sense because if there's some domestic violence issues, then maybe that is good to be aware of.
1: Ah, uh, with the air tag? Yeah. So it tells you, like, Mallory's air tag yep. is traveling with you?
0: Yes, Yes, yeah, see, I, I, I would think you can disable that with that specific air tag. You can say, don't remind me in the future or whatever. So that is doable. But in the beginning, it's like, why are you telling me this? And then I realized a couple of seconds ago why it's probably telling me that because that is important to be aware of in some instances.
1: Yeah, that that's one of those that like it, it can be annoying for me or you to have that happen. Uh, but I, I think this is one of those scenarios where I, I kind of err on the side of caution with them as well, because, again, it could be a domestic abuse situation. Yes, you're in the Apple family with this person, but it's because they control everything in your life right. yeah. for the most part. So it would be good to know that while you're, you know. Trying to surreptitiously go get some help that this person is tracking you with AirTag, right? Yeah. I, I yeah. can I can see that that part I can, and the ability to go say, "Hey, don't remind me about this again," is, is great. All right, so that's that's good. Uh, but telling me that I left a pair of earbuds that I'm literally listening to you tell me I left a pair of earbuds through like that—that that is, and it, it, man, it has happened way more than. One time, way more think, than
0: when you were in Talladega. Like
1: yeah, it's been happening since they added the feature on. It doesn't happen enough that I'm like, you know, I'm ready to turn off the feature
0: because you know once you do, you're going to actually leave something I'm behind. Probably and be leave like, them what did somewhere.
1: Uh huh. It's like oh, man, I left my AirPods in that hotel in Houston, and now there's no way for me to get them because
0: so- I'm home. So pros and cons. Number one, when you get to the hotel, leave the AirTag in there. Yes, you're in your, in your uh, suitcase. Yes, you're going to get notified of the fact that you left it every time you leave. But that's okay because when you're going back, you don't have to count rooms, Demasi. Just watch the AirTag, and as you get closer uh-huh. to it, you'll know when you're there. And if you're curious, you can ping it. And if your hearing's even somewhat decent, you should be able to hear the AirTag in to make sure it's the right room if uh-huh. they don't have Braille.
1: I like that. That is a good idea. That see, that's a good hack. That is a very good hack. I like that. I was picturing myself running around the the, the airport with a with a airport <laughs> worker like, well, sir, let's find your bag. Like, look, look at this screen, and then just follow it to <laughs> find out where it is. <laughs> Instead of us standing here, like you know, just waiting for a suitcase to come down that kind of looks like mine with a thing on it. Uh, so yeah, that 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 is a good tip. Uh, any tips on the home pod that I should, try? I have not run any shortcuts from it, but I honestly don't have any setup that would make sense to run from the home pod at the moment either. So that, that'll, that is going to push me back into shortcuts for sure is being able to run things from the home pod.
0: There is a command and I'm going to look it up here in a moment that will give you a daily briefing. And I think that might be it. Uh, that will tell you your news um, and you can configure it. You can also tell it to, uh, I'm sorry, it's to, it says ask Siri to tell you a personalized briefing. And what that will do, is and this was available in iOS 14, it looks like, uh, but it will let you configure kind of like what you could do with the A-Lady, but you never have one of those or with Google and just give it, you know, tell it, hey, I want to know my weather. I want to know this information. I want to know these news articles and if I have any calendar events. So that's kind of cool. Your uh, shortcuts and focus modes will probably start to work together. Uh, I need to start doing – I need to go in and set up some shortcuts to mute the um, – sonos system too but i think that'll be something the other thing to think about with the home pods especially when you start getting more of them is you'll have the intercom feature so you can just send messages throughout the house which is kind oh of yeah too. i'm
1: waiting on that that's kind of the other reason i bought that one too i was like i gotta try this out so i can just sit back here and be like hey hey i'm about to start recording tone it now- down
0: Now, I will say that the, and I just realized, and I'm going to, I'm probably going to keep it, but I just said, I will say probably like five times this episode. That's ridiculous. Anyways, in addition, you can also (laughs) airplay to the uh, HomePod. So, I did that a lot um, from the computer. It's not the most. Seamless process though, so I want when you get a time, go play with the AirPlay interface specifically in Safari and see if you can find your HomePod because to me they just all say NS name I believe is what it is uh, for all the AirPlay devices while I'm trying to AirPlay in Safari and that's kind of annoying Apple. So
1: good luck. I, I will play with that. I'm I, I'm gonna be honest with you, the way that I would have tried to do that first though would have been just go to Soundsource and be like okay I want to send all the Safaris audio to the nope. HomePod. That didn't work?
0: HomePod does not show up in SoundSource. That's when you need a tool like AirFoil because you're using AirPlay. Because it'll show my earbuds. Does it show your earbuds? Yes. But they're Bluetooth to the computer. Yeah.
1: That is So
0: hardware or Bluetooth devices, not AirPlay devices. Gotcha. But yes, that is the first thing I did too. (laughs) Ah, okay. So it's not just you. That's what got me to go download Air... uh, AirFoil. AirFoil, Yeah.
1: That that will probably get me to buy Airfoil uh, at some point too uh, because the ability to connect to all these Bluetooth devices and HomePods and kind of in sync play audio uh, would be cool. Home Assistant
0: might be a solution too since you do have the Google Hub and the HomePods. That might be a a tool to play with to connect everything to.
1: Yep. So Home Assistant is a project that is slated for late July for me to really start working on building that out with this Raspberry Pi. But I do have the Pi in reserve for that specific use case mm. of running um, Home Assistant. And the reason I personally picked Home Assistant over the other options out there like HomeBridge is that Home Assistant seems to, one, offer some more integrations than HomeBridge does one of those integrations with home assistant is to work with the ubiquity stuff as well which is a journey that i have settled on where i'm going i think for the most part is really just kind of waiting on this router to come back in stock uh is, is what i'm waiting for
0: mm, i'm not gonna go buy an a a, a uh I was thinking, huh, should I buy should I go upgrade some of this ubiquity equipment that I have and send Demosti this router and uh, go from there? But I don't know. I don't know. That's a lot of money. <laughs> I, so, I did I was, not know that ubiquity would, would so like what type of integrations do you get, do you know, with home assistant and ubiquity? Uh
1: I, I don't know well, so I can tell you some of them. I haven't looked at all of them. Like a couple that kind of pointed it out to me whereas I was just browsing around at some point, looking at different stuff about Home Assistant and Home Bridge. And somebody mentioning why they were using Home Assistant said because it allows them to bring the ubiquity cameras that they have into home into the home app, right? So they can see those cameras along with their circle view or whatever doorbell they had or something. Uh but they had ubiquity uh security cameras put up outside their place. So they like it lets me bring those in. And there's a couple other things. I haven't really looked at all the integrations. Home Assistant just to me seems like it, it, just from the research that I've done, seems to be more open and has more integrations Uh for general stuff outside of... Let me back up for a second. So my understanding, and if somebody listening knows different, you can reach out to us on Mastodon. Doug. Uh, I I do respond to Mastodon posts. Or Doug just called me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but from my perception of it, HomeBridge was designed with the intent of here are some products that I want to bring into the Home app specifically, whereas Home Assistant is here's a platform that will let you bring stuff into home if you're a Apple Home user or will let you integrate with the Alexa stuff if you're an Alexa user that may not have direct integration or Google, right? Having a Google Home that I don't think is ever going to leave my house until it just stops working, and I'll probably have to buy another one. I want the ability for me to be able to talk to Siri or control stuff from my devices on Apple, but not, you know, also allow Apple, I mean, also allow TIA, uh, or the kids once they cuz Lincoln is going to be the one to do it uh to control certain things, control things in the home from the Google Home as well and that may work with Homebridge but i haven't really i've gotten the impression that the integration is better for that type of setup with Home Assistant
0: yeah and let's say let's say mia let's say mia doesn't want to talk to the smart speakers, but she'd rather use a dashboard on an iPad, Home Assistant gives you that flexibility as well. So I think it's the best of all worlds for who wants to interact with the home however you want to. Maybe Uh you want to do by, someone wants to do touch, it, it doesn't matter how you want to do it.
1: Yeah. And that's the other thing, too, is because at some point I'm going to have to upgrade their iPad minis Well, upgrade their iPad, upgrade them to new iPads whether it's new minis or airs. I don't know yet, but they're going to get new iPads at some point. Mm-hmm. My thing is there's two iPad minis sitting around. I may trade one of them into Apple. I may trade both of them in by the time I get around to doing it. Who knows? But my thought was I'll probably keep at least one of them and uh put it up on the wall as a dashboard screen for Home Assistant, right? And then I can control things from there, have a widget for that on the screen, just constantly there, just keep it plugged in until it, you know, dies completely. We will have a, so that's the reason, right? Is like Home Assistant seems to be built more for you want to automate your smart home. You want to do stuff with a smart home setup. And we're giving you all these different ways of doing it where again, HomeBridge, the whole purpose that HomeBridge seems to exist is that it's talking home for Apple, not just generally your home.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: And there's also that possibility. So there's a thing, and this takes us right into that thing from last week that we didn't get to, which is open sourcing, whatever I said, becoming more open source or something. I, I forget what I wrote. I'm not looking at the list. Because uh, nothing on the list has been discussed at this point, as far as I know, because I
0: didn't. Becoming more <laughs> so, open source with software.
1: Yeah, there we go. That's what I wrote. <laughs> So what I was meaning with that and what I wanted to discuss is like I am I am consciously now making more of an attempt to make decisions about the software that I use being more cross platform, even though I don't have any intentions at the moment of saying getting off of Mac OS and going to Windows, for example, or leaving iOS to go to Android. I want the flexibility to be there as much as possible when it makes sense. I'm not going to make, you know, what I would consider to be foolish decisions for cross-platform capability, but where possible, I want to start looking at more openness because there does exist a universe, and I may be in that universe where Apple does a horrific thing, and I'm like, you know what, man, I'm done. Like, I'll just deal with the frustrations of Android, but I gotta go. Like, I'm, I can't do it. Uh, you know, I'll keep my Mac mini so I can run, you know, audio hijack and, and stuff. But other than that, I'm all, all the way in on Windows or all the way in on Linux. You know, I got a Linux laptop and it's awesome, but I want that flexibility and I looked around at a lot of the stuff I'm using and I've kind of unconsciously done it, but it's because the software is good. Like Reaper is, is a good example of this, right? I could switch over to Logic because I own Logic already on the Mac. I, I could switch to Logic and start trying to learn to edit in Logic. I'm not uh one because logic is really hostile to podcasters just just saying you can do stuff in there but they're really hostile to podcasters and reaper works and the nice thing is reaper works on multiple platforms so if i have to go to windows i still have the exact same interface uh the only adjustments i really need to make is you know thinking about the the combination of keys that i press for certain things are going to be a little different but not that much different uh similarly you know right now i'm tied into fantastical which is only available on apple platforms that's not such a big deal because my calendar can be accessed from anywhere i'm not tied into apple's calendars however i mean i am with my family account but i could very quickly get out of that if i needed to but as far as uh or email like email is just you know everywhere uh thinking about looking at tools like Home Assistant, right? I don't want to necessarily marry myself all the way to Apple's home because there could come a time where it doesn't make sense to keep doing that. And I don't want to have to unravel a bunch of stuff yeah. with HomeBridge at some point because I set it up Apple-focused. Uh, and I don't want to lock And Who knows what my kids are going to end up using lock like, I could end up having to get them Chromebooks because that's what the school is giving them.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: or because I have to buy two computers right now for two kids and, hey, Chromebooks are cheaper. We're <laughs> going this route. I'd love to give both of you a MacBook Air, but, uh yeah, that ain't happening.
0: We'll work on that. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get
1: there. We, we'll get there at some point. But so that that's the thing. And honestly, like, while it may be counterintuitive to a lot of people, that is one of the reasons that I still like my Mac over any other computing platform is because it is more, and it's not nearly as open as it was on Intel because we haven't gotten all the virtualization stuff there yet, but it's getting there. But one of the reasons I picked it, I like the Mac over, you know, just, you know, thinking about Rogue but like they help, they help keep me here. So Apple, you should probably be paying them some money too. Uh, in addition to giving Michael a cut of this HomePod purchase, but the fact that on Windows, and this is my selling point for the Mac when I went to rehab in 2013 and you know, basically sold the, the purchasing of a Mac to them for me was I have more flexibility. I have Mac OS. I can run Windows. I can run Linux on here if I needed to. Uh, whether that's virtualized or on the Intel systems, you know, boot camping it, uh, or completely wiping it and just making it in a Windows machine. Like you had the flexibility and we still have that now. Like I can run, I run Windows on here. I yep. can run Linux on here. Uh, I haven't installed it yet, but I'm going to do that. And that's with Parallels, which is a paid application, but the virtualization stuff is coming along slowly for Apple Silicon. And if you look back to the Intel days, it took a while. That wasn't an instant, that wasn't an instant process to happen either. Uh, you know, Parallels and VMware got there a lot faster. Free tools like VirtualBox and some of the other stuff that that is around, uh, Wine, which is a very popular Intel uh, emulation software you know it took them years to get to a point where a lot of people were using that stuff because they had to build it up and apple silicon is a completely new dynamic when it comes to chips so it's going to take a while for that virtualization to mature uh as much as it is on intel but it's getting there and i can see the progress happening uh outside of just parallels and vmware so even though it seems counterintuitive that I'm choosing, I, I continue to continue using a Mac, and I like the Mac because I feel like it gives me the most flexibility. I cannot run macOS on Windows. Uh, I can't really lo- run Linux on Windows. Yes, I know about the Linux subsystem. I also know it's kind of garbage at some points. Uh, whereas, you know, virtualizing... Now, VMware Player for Windows would allow you to run a Linux box, I think, still. But you can't run Mac OS on Windows. So
0: just trying to be more. Worlds.
1: Best of all of worlds. worlds.
0: Yeah, there you yeah. go.
1: And and I'm just trying to be more intentional when I start using new software. Like I have a strewed going down the pathway of say using, uh, there's a great, pretty good app actually called WinWorks. I think it's still available. Uh, Rosemary Orchard now develops that application. <clears throat> and all it is is just scheduling the application. You know, think Cataly. Think Uh very much like those, but it's just available on on, on iPhone, uh, as far as I know. I mean, uh-huh. people get a web link to book with you, but your management of it is gonna be from your iOS device. I don't I don't know if it runs on the Mac now or not because I hadn't looked at it since Apple Silicon came out. Uh, and I kind of made a decision back then too, like, well, what happens if I ever leave Apple, or what happens if I'm a scenario where. I don't have access to my iPhone, but I need to deal with this situation. If I'm going to use a service, I would prefer for it to be a web-based service as opposed to a Mac or iPhone-based application that only works in this environment because there are plenty of scenarios where I don't have access to those devices. What do I do? So I'm trying to be more intentional about that, like making those decisions when it comes to picking up something new or switching to something else. Uh, That is going to give me the flexibility to work off of any platform because I'm still probably going to buy that little stick Windows computer at some
0: point. Good. Well, I am excited to see where that goes because I'm I've been watching this uh, open source guy on YouTube that tries to find for small business owners open source alternatives for the the tools that keep his business and his life running, and so that's kind of gotten me down the path of of looking at them and you know relying on one tool can sometimes be frustrating. Recently, and I just saw this in Todo, so I'm going to transition here. You heard me tell you about me using a couple of different tools to reset an Android phone because TalkBack wasn't turned on. Uh so <laughs> I have been on the Be My Eyes beta for a couple of weeks now and I used in combination with Be My Eyes and Seeing AI and Ira, uh a a, I was able to put those tools together and reset a phone. So full transparency, this pixel did not have a pin number and it didn't require a password when I went to reset it. I think that would have made this process a lot more difficult, but I used uh, be my eyes to capture a quick image of what the screen looked like. And it gave me a general idea. Not the most reliable in some instances at this point, just saying I understand why it's still in beta, because if it gave me the results that it gave me this morning, uh, I could see it being very problematic for some people. So uh, I can't talk more about that. But... uh, I did realize quickly that I needed something to give me instant text feedback. And that's where Seeing AI came in. So I was able to use Seeing AI and do what I thought, because you know, as a TalkBack user, one finger gestures or two finger gestures. I'm like, I think I just use one finger and scroll it up. That's how it should work in my mind. And that is how it worked. And I use Seeing AI to be able to see that. And then I got to the point, so I was able to get into the settings because, well, I was able to get to the screen with the settings on it. And I tapped on YouTube, which was below settings but i was able to tell that it was youtube because seeing ai on my iphone started reading things that sounded like youtube and so i swiped up from the bottom tapped on the or i slide slid my finger up from where i assumed the dock was because i was able to spatially uh realize where that was then i slid my finger up a third time until seeing ai eventually told me settings and then i called ira and i said hey can you help guide my finger to where i need to go and then i was able to tell them what i was able what i was looking for, and they were able to to help guide my finger. Now, Apple has released news about new functionality coming to LiDAR devices in the magnification application, and one of those includes the ability to point at text on a touch screen and then touch that text when it reads what you're pointing at. That could be very useful, and I could really see ways that that could help in these instances. Right now, having to take a picture, send that picture off to a service, and then have that service come back doesn't give me enough information, but I will say, and then uh, Demasi can ask questions or we can transition to something else. I will say, one way that I did get around that is, I took pictures of some uh, text on a touchscreen and said, what text is my finger above, and it did give me that information. It's a very slow and clunky process, but that could be a way to get that information as well.
1: So. That is a, and we, we talked about this when you did it. Uh, and I said, then, like that is an excellent use of all of the tools that you kind of have access to to get something accomplished. And I told you I was going to do something similar with, uh, seeing AI and combination of that and probably Ira to get a Android phone into a state where I could flash it and Put an alternative ROM on it. This is, you know, my pixel. I'm not damaging anybody else's stuff. You know, it's just, it's mine. I tell you, it's mine. <laughs> uh, there's an app and I'm right now blanking on the name of it that was recently released. It was $9.99 when I got it out of the app store and it does a similar thing to what Apple did has on I did.
0: Okay, I will I will share the name with people in a second because I talked about it on the Kelly and Romeo segment this last Monday and I heard about it and I'm like, that looks interesting. So you've played with it though?
1: Yep, I played with it a bit. I need to play with it a little bit more. Um, yeah, so I did play with it. Uh, what I tried with it initially was something that I thought was a good use case for it, which was I went over to the air fryer and I pointed it at the air fire and I pointed my finger at you know, put my finger at something. It was like that is I forget what button I was touching. But I was like, Oh, okay. This this does kind of work. I need to and here's the thing for people listening that I sometimes struggle with and I have to just kind of be more systematic about it, is when I'm testing an app like this, is like, oh, it's supposed to do this, I have to put myself in a scenario where I need to use it or come up with the scenario where, like, let me walk through how I would do this if this was the situation. Uh, and that's what I need to do with this app to really test it. I honestly forgot I had it on the phone, or I would have tried it while I was at uh, at the event this weekend in in, in Talladega. Uh, I did see a Keurig machine for the first time when I was in Talladega. Oh, you did? Yeah, uh, use That's the first it.
0: time you've seen one?
1: Yeah, first time I've seen one. I mean, first time nah. I've seen one that I could have used it, yeah. Yeah, okay. I was like, huh. I don't know about this. She was like, "Yeah." I was like, no, nah, that coffee is like, it's not gonna put enough coffee in my cup, man. That thing is too small. I don't, I don't know. I need a, I need the XL Keurig or something like. This thing's worse." <laughs> uh there was not anything touchscreen there for me to attempt to use other than the uh, soda machine, but I could have tried it like in the elevator. Like, had I been thinking about, it, I would have tried it out on the elevators just to see. It did have braille everywhere in there. Ah. Uh, but Talladega is one of those places that is is very blind aware because the school for the blind, as where the school for the blind is in uh, Alabama, so uh, as well as a school for the deaf, so they're they're very accessibility aware there more so than any other place I than a lot of places you may go. Uh, everything there is kind of walkable, rather small town, uh, but the hotel was pretty nice. Had braille everywhere. Uh, the only thing they did not do. Is put any sort of indicator on the mm, key cards for the rooms, and they have the ones where you still have to slide it in the right way for it to unlock your door. Oh, okay. So that was a that was a that was a thing. Uh, You know, rotate the card. Nope, nope. Look, I finally did figure out, you know, from the way that we do things, you know, it's like, oh, this side is very, very smooth. This side feels like it has a little more tackiness to it. That tacky side needs to be up. So at least it cut down on the number of times I had to flip the card around.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Now it would be nice if you could unlock it with your door. The app that we were talking about—I uh, so was kind of distracted because I've—I've I've really kind of screwed up my drafts. Um, I have drafts in trash, and I have drafts in all, and I have drafts in inbox, and I need to figure all that out. But the name of the app is Echo Batex, B A T I X, and it's all the- hold on. Let me let me now. I got to look because that doesn't sound like
1: the app I downloaded.
0: Oh, this is the one that that Doug shared i don't know how to pronounce what it says i will message this to you and tell you what it calls it here oh oh that's
1: it i just (laughs) forgot the name of it yep echobatics.
0: ecobatics there you go see see you can you you got a better way of pronouncing it that was my that could have been my fault too
1: i I mean i just i just stole the voiceover the way voiceover just said it
0: Uh, (laughs) so (laughs) i overthinking bat- it, see? I'm like, yeah, voiceover probably isn't the same. Yeah, so Echobatics ba- is a good app uh, that you, I need to check out because I haven't paid for it. So, Yeah,
1: yeah. it is a paid upfront app. Uh, that, that's one, to me, downside. I feel like they should have probably done an in-app purchase with a trial so you could see if it was going to work for you before you have to shell out the 10 bucks. Uh, because we have all seen apps like, well, not necessarily like that, but you know, apps that are designed to do specific things and they, they kind of fall down on the job when it comes to doing it uh, but at least they're free or free with an in-app you know purchase or subscription uh, for example there's a bill identifier app that i tried out that is free and it has an in-app subscription i kind of understand why there's an in-app subscription because the first thing i was like oh, why do i need to pay a subscription for an app to identify money but they also add some additional features. And really, I can use it probably without having to ever pay for it uh to recognize smaller bills. But they're doing a the thing where they're also, and I, I understand that outside the U.S., things are a lot different. So identifying money from different currencies, it can do. That's a part of the, the, the pro version. So you get to pick one currency that you wanted to identify uh, for free you can keep using it for that i think they may also cut you off at higher bills so like it'll do ones fives tens and twenties <laughs> but it won't tell me what a 50 or 100 is right now for free don't have too many of those passing through my hands nowadays so who cares?
0: yeah yeah
1: uh, but they also offer conversion rates as well. So if I was looking at some euros and I was paying for, it, and I was looking at euros, and it told me this is a fifty euro note, I could also have it right then tell me what the conversion rate, so how much is this worth in U.S. dollars? Uh, so I can kind of see why they're they're, they're charging for. It. And listen, Looktail disappeared, and it was a one-time purchase. Uh, and that was the best money identifier I've ever seen in my life. Looktail money reader for mm-hmm. those of you who remember.
0: So yeah, that's the uh, experiment that I did with resetting the pixel and using multiple apps, but got the job done. And it was it was a a encouraging feeling because I'm like, huh, I did not use a screen reader and I just reset a device. It's kind of cool.
1: That is awesome, man. That is awesome. And if anybody has feedback uh, on Echo EchoBadix because you're using it or got any questions, reach out to us and let us know because I will be testing it more. Definitely going to test and play with it at our uh, convention this year uh, in Houston because I won't have the betas running on my device. And also my device does not have LiDAR. So
0: don't get any of the Apple stuff. So you're not doing betas, huh? Interesting.
1: Man, not I'm not doing- traveling with a beta, dude. Like, I, I can't do it.
0: I will see how things look. I say I'm not going to, but we'll see. I do have a spare phone here, so I might actually just do it on the spare phone. But the spare phone is my camera, so I don't I would know. I imagine the camo would
1: still work, though.
0: I imagine it will, too. And if worse comes worse, and that just means I got to get this TV out here because the only reason I'm not using uh, the wireless camera isn't because of of wireless issues it's because i don't have a screen hooked up to get the qr code scanned so i can hook my phone up
1: ah yeah i <laughs> forgot about that part uh
0: so yeah
1: but yeah i imagine camo would work and having a spare phone like my my intent when i do purchase another iphone i've kind of settled down a little bit uh i'm gonna buy Tia a new phone when the 14 pro well, no wait what are we going to 15. 15 yeah uh she'll get hers first for sure uh I may or may not get mine right away. I will upgrade to it, especially if it has USB-C, but yes. probably not right away. But I'm also going up to a pro phone this time for the LiDAR, unless ah. they put it in the cheaper. What phone if they put it.
0: LiDAR on the lower?
1: Well, end. see, that's the thing, right? If they put it on the cheaper phone and the just standard iPhone 15, that may change my
0: upgrade uh, process.
1: My upgrade plans a little bit. She's still gonna get the Pro Max phone, regardless. So, uh, and she's on a 12 Pro Max, so it's time for her to upgrade. That's why Mm -hmm. she's getting hers first.
0: I'm I'm on a 13. Time for me to upgrade.
1: I'm on a 13 Mini, so you know I'm I'm not as far back as she is, Uh, and I also have her 12 Pro. (laughs) And I will also have her 12 Pro Max to play with because if I'm not mistaken, that one does have lidar in it. Uh, maybe more advanced in the newer phones, but hey, it gives me something to play with. And then I will also have a spare phone. So my intent when I actually upgrade my phone is to, I'm going to definitely keep HER12 Pro Max because the camera's in there, there's three of them, and they are pretty excellent from what I hear from people. So that can always be my camera if I need a camera, uh, as well as a test device. I don't know if I'm going to keep my mini around or not. Part of me, for nostalgia reasons, would like to keep it. It's funny for me to say nostalgia reasons related to me. But being honest, like this is a very nice phone. I don't think Apple's ever going to make another one. And just having it, I'm not going to start a whole collection. Like I'm not trying to collect all of the iPhones from all of the years. But I do really like this form factor as a phone. I would love for them to honestly make this phone size be the new SE when they do another SE.
0: I haven't seen uh the minis. So I've seen the SE but
1: Yeah, so the SE is still basically the iPhone 8 or 7 okay. or 6 yeah. or whatever that's the 8 yeah. size. Based like on that, the that, 8 size. Yeah, but the 8 was just a iteration over the 6, right. basically. So that's where the SE is as of right now. Uh The Mini is a little smaller. The screen on the Mini is bigger than the SE, but the phone itself is smaller because there's no home button, right? So you don't have that big chin and big forehead on it, you know, the uh-huh. upper and lower space, it doesn't have anything. But this is a 5.4 inch screen versus a 4.7 inch screen in the current SE generation. and. If they, even if they want to keep the cost down and not, you know, pay all the money out for that it costs for the components for face ID, be a perfect time to put touch ID and a power button and bring the mini back as the SE. You already got the casing made for it, Apple. You could very easily make this happen with the next, you know, version of the SE phone.
0: Well, maybe they'll announce tomorrow a new se phone and we'll nope. fu- i know <laughs> <laughs> nope. but we will have a recap because i'm going to be talking about this it sounds like all week for what's going on tomorrow i'm sure you'll be talking about it for wwdc we'll see if one of us has put a beta on their phones uh by next time we record which will either be friday or saturday um will yeah, we'll. probably put it on the ipad probably Ooh. not the phone I'm gonna put it on my main map because I'm stupid like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'll put it in a parallels machine. Actually, I wonder if that'll be doable. I
1: wonder if that would work, huh? huh. We will. That I might try. I'm yeah. not gonna put it on the on the on any of the primary computers though directly because one Rogue Amoeba stuff would start working.
0: Huh? Yeah, I. For, that's why I was wondering. Parallels might be the answer.
1: parallels might be it, huh? And it may, and I'll wait to see what happens after, you know, State of the Union, which is the developer conference, because at that point, a lot of developers will have started putting betas on their devices. I've gotten mixed responses or information over the past couple of years and also haven't paid that close of attention to it because I wasn't going to do it anyway. But it still may be possible to do what I have done on Intel Max before, which is just create a new uh APFS volume Volume and installed on that. It did install on that so I can just kind of dual boot, like boot into the beta when I want to boot into the beta. Now that doesn't, the one reason I don't do that is because one year people were having issues where it wasn't respecting the separation. So like Installing the beta is still trying to reach into your regular data folder. Uh-huh. This gets a little down in the weeds for people, but currently at the moment, the way macOS works, there's two volumes. You look at it and you see one volume if you're looking around your finder. But in actuality, there are two volumes that have been merged together. There's a data volume, you'll see it in Disk Utility. Uh, there's your data volume, which has your data, user data, that's the part that's editable. And then there's a read-only volume that contains macOS system files. One year, I can't remember which year it was, but one year—it's been a couple of years ago. People tried this to do the little dual boot thing, like, "Oh, I just got to add a new APFS container and install macOS on that." Well, to install macOS beta into that container. It did not create a new data volume, though, so it started <laughs> messing with your currently running data volume. So now it, it, it confused the heck out of everybody's systems, is what I heard. So I haven't tried it. Another reason that I don't, and I. May try it in parallels if, if that turns out to be possible for me because the problem with dual booting into a beta is I'm never going to boot into the beta unless somebody's like, hey, will you try this on the beta? Uh, then I'll yeah. do it. But yeah. I won't do it just traditionally to really work on it like that. Uh, the iPad for me might get the beta for, for iPad OS 17 uh, fairly quickly, though. I do need to go set up. Uh, gotta go. Read we'll
0: see monitor. what they announce, and if you want to... No, what we end up installing betas on. I will share on Mastodon. Demasi probably won't, but I will. Uh, how can they follow us on Mastodon, Demasi?
1: i'll share all macedon
0: okay Uh okay are you using mona man i am loving mona i discovered today that you that that the split view works which means if you open someone's timeline in a split view the top part is that person's timeline and then the bottom half of your screen is the rest of the mona app so you can go explore mona but have that person's timeline or a followed hashtag at the top of your screen so you can always see it right there
1: wait 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 hold on Back back up say this again
0: So, if you have Mona open, and I'm going to open it right now because I want to use...
1: So, is this on iOS or macOS?
0: What I am telling you about is on iOS. It is available on macOS. I haven't done it. But if you go into Mona, you have an option to go up to Actions. And then in Actions, there is... A divide view option. If you double tap on divide view, it brings that timeline or that view that you've chosen actions on and enable divide view, uh, and it pins it to the top of your screen. So the top half is that timeline. The bottom half, you can go configure your settings, go look at different timelines, different tabs, and that bottom half changes. And then when you want to disable it, I just learned that you hit the actions button in the top right corner, and it says disable divided view. And then... On macOS, I'm using Windows inside Amona, so you can uh, have a have hashtag open, open, and then Control Grave Accent or Command Grave Accent, or use the Windows chooser.
1: Ah, okay, all right. So I'm installing Mona right now. Uh... <laughs> all right, uh, Ivory, you're, that, you're, you're, to me, I to mean... me,
0: that that it's those. That complexity. And then here's the other thing that I accidentally discovered today that I thought was just a Mona thing. But if you go into settings and then you go down to actions and then you go down to default gestures, you can actually set. So if you three finger flick to the right, it'll activate your default flick to the right gesture, which for me right now is favorite. So I don't even have to mess with the rotor. I can just do that three finger flick to the right to do that. Because how I discovered that, how I discovered that is I thought, how do I get between these two different, um, uh, sections in the app, and I didn't realize that the top stayed the same and the bottom changes. So, yeah, I love Mona.
1: So to answer your question, no, I'm not using Mona at the moment, but I will be before the end of day because that's cool. And I've kind of at this point done all that I'm going to do with Ivory. I can tell people that Ivory is a pretty good app. I am really. I'm surprised, but I'm pleasantly surprised at how, how well tap bots handle accessibility here. There are a couple of little things that they need to fix, and I, I may or may not get around to telling them about them. Uh, well, if they listen to the show, they can hear about them right now. Yeah. So one problem I have is it's difficult, uh, to get to. So let's say Michael. Which this is happening, so I figured it out. So Mike posts a, a, a post on Mastodon, and he mentions me in it, which gives me a notification. All right, so I tap on it and I go, and I'm looking at Mike's post. I can see that people have replied, but I can't easily get to the replies if that makes sense
0: yeah so you can't see the conversation you can see there's a conversation but yes but
1: it. it's, it's it's not as easy to get to it. whereas with matt with with mona like i already know how to do that because just in the short time that i beta tested mona like i i know how it works yeah. and i've always kind of had the intent of going back to mona i just figured since i ended up accidentally paying for tap boxes, uh ivory i should spend enough time with it to get comfortable i'm gonna say what marty's i'm gonna say this and i got this from marty so, and I like the way that Marty put it. And I think I may have said this before on the show when I said I was going to spend time with Ivory. Ivory is for the person who just wants a good Mastodon client that has, that is accessible. Like I have not really encountered any accessibility issues mm-hmm. with the app. They've made some design decisions. I don't necessarily agree with, but accessibility wise, I'm very impressed. I would recommend it to people. Uh, if you just want a, Simple is going to work, right? You're not looking for configurations. You're not looking for all this advanced, you know, layout and doing all this weird stuff that you can do with Mona. Ivory's perfect for that. I, I would highly recommend it for that purpose. Uh, good on them for the accessibility because it, it would stick for me if Mona was not an option right now. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't be looking around for other clients after having using, after having used Ivory. If there was no Mona right now, you know, one, I already looked at Mona before Ivory even came out because Mona had their beta out open for me very quickly because I was a Spring user. And I do like the features of Mona over the way that Ivory works. But that is just not an accessibility thing. That is a, you know, layout. features yeah, it's a feature thing in the way that they choose to, you know, display information. Like, it's kind of yep. like whether you choose to use Apple Mail on the Mac or you choose, whether you choose Apple Mail on a platform or you choose Outlook, right? It's not, email still works the same way it does. It's just like, how do they lay out the app? What can I do in here? I can do more here or there, right? Mm-hmm. So I will be going back to Mona, but Ivory, thumbs up for me. I, I will give it that. Sweet. Uh, for sure. Before we end today though, I'm going to end on the thing Michael told me yesterday that we should start with, which is, Mike, what's going on, man? Mike says he's figured out he's in much worse shape than he thought he was. So either you attempted to do something that you thought should be easy and it was more difficult than you thought it was going to be, or you went to the doctor and they told you a bunch of stuff.
0: So was not the doctor, but I did try to move. Hold on one sec. He's an asshole. He does that all the time, about this time of day, too. And he goes, I don't know if you heard it, but there's a car that is very loud. Oh, no, I, I didn't pick it up. I did so we're kind of cleaning up doing our late spring early summer cleaning and I went outside and decided to tackle one of the honeydew projects that Mallory's had and that is move the pool to the place where we need to go and discard the stuff because it's it's uh it's it's time and so I went in there and you know was pulling the pool down and moving stuff around and then I uh picked up the pool and just kind of threw it where it needed to go and you know just just was working and and getting stuff done and to me i'm like just fine everything's good well then i went inside to get cleaned up and i got super lightheaded and uh wasn't sure you know what what was going on and and it made me a little uncomfortable and i, I took them out or i told Mally when i called her and i think i texted you too i'm like yeah i'm a little bit more out of shape than i thought i was so maybe i need to start looking at some of these workout apps or or start paying attention to apple fitness a little more something because something's got to change uh found that out pretty quick yesterday.
1: Apple Fitness, I've tried Apple Fitness. It's okay for the type of workouts I want to do, at least in the beginning. Like they, they were not, there's not enough description there for me. We recently had a, uh, sale going on at AT guys and during the month of May, actually it wasn't a sale, it was just a promotion. During the month of May, any purchase you made during the month of May at AT guys would get you a 30 day trial as opposed to, I think it's 14 days, uh, of revision fitness. Now, I don't know if I bought something in May or not, but I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna take employee privilege and probably still <laughs> get my 30 days and try out revision to see how well it works, uh, and, and spend some time with it and come back and talk to people about it. Because I have right now, I need to start bad working out. This is the thing that I need to start doing uh, to get in shape. I don't want to go pay for a gym membership because I feel like logistics of getting there when I want to and getting back and all of that is going to be difficult. Another solution that I have recommended on our previous show, has not come up on technically working, I don't think, is uh FitBot. Uh, And FitBot is is, is an app uh, that's on iOS and and Android. Uh, Accessibility is um, okay. You can use it. Uh, but what they do is they they use, they start out by taking you through a tutorial and explain, you know, you kind of tell them what are you looking to do? Like are you just trying to get in better shape? Are you trying to do strength training? or you trying to you know a couple of different options there? You pick those options, go through the wizard, and then it starts to tailor workouts based off what you're trying to accomplish. And as you do the workouts, they're tailoring the next day's workout or, or whenever your next workout is based off what you previously did so if you're doing a workout every day and you want to work out every day for 30 minutes for example if they have you do a lot of upper body stuff on monday they're going to focus more on core and lower body on tuesday because they know because you completed the workout on monday that you did a lot of arm stuff yesterday so you might want to you know give your arms a break uh, so they factor in the real world recuperation of your muscles when you're working them out i will say that Uh, one, I haven't opened it in a couple of months. hence the reason I said I need to start back working out. Um, it does have videos to display how to do a workout, but it also has written descriptions of how to do some of the workouts uh, or do all of the workouts actually. Uh, and where this came in handy for me is like one of the exercises they told me to do were, you know, do 10 supermans. And I was like, (laughs) I have no idea what a (laughs) superman is. Right. Yeah, But the explanation that was written in text, uh, which is one of the reasons that I have, I, I renewed it this year in January, February, whenever it came up, is because of that. Like, it, it's not their fault of not using it. It's cheaper than a gym membership would cost me for a year. And those descriptions are good and they still remain there. So I learned how to do a Superman, which is basically you lay on your stomach and you stretch your arms out. And stretch your legs out, and then you're gonna lift your your lower leg and your upper arms up, so that you're kind of arching your back ah. while laying flat, right? Like that's that's basically what it is. I had no idea what that meant though. And they're like, "Do a Superman." I was like, "I don't know what that is. Do I jump off of something?" I don't. What am I right, doing? Right.
0: Right.
1: Uh, but i'm i'm really interested in revision uh so i'm going to spend some time with that myself i did actually set up an account for myself because i was helping out a customer from AT guys figure out if it was them or if it was revision having problems delivering their emails uh turns out it was the customer so i will spend some time with revision myself to see if it fits what I need for workouts. Now, it could turn out that it doesn't fit what I need, but we'll see. Uh, And revision for those listening is um, an application, and Mike may have a better explanation of it than I have at the moment because I tend not to retain a lot of details like that. I'm getting old. I got gray hair, people. Leave me alone.
0: Get off my lawn. ReVision Uh, is an accessible, uh, it's an application that provides accessible workouts. It's available on iOS and you can download the, uh, and Android and the web, and you can download the iOS app to the Mac if you want as well.
1: Excellent. Most excellent. So we'll be checking that out, both of us, because we both Mm -hmm. probably should be Mm -hmm. working
0: out. You know, we've been talking about getting interviews on, just saying.
1: Ah, yeah, we should do that. So We should definitely. We'll, we'll add them to the list of people.
0: <laughs> if you're listening, you may be getting an email from us, uh, whoever you are, because we're going to try some new things at the show, too.
1: Yeah, we're going we're gonna to start interviewing some people about how they work or what was the driving thing behind their business. Uh, you know, a lot of what drives me and Michael is testing out stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and doing things and figuring out what works and doesn't work but we'd like to hear from we want to hear from other people so why we encourage people to reach out the engagement for us has been much better I think on Mastodon than it was on Twitter with the DM series now sure. we may have lost a lot of people with the DM series because of the uh, how does Desiree put it the F-bombs Uh
0: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I think that could have been discouraging. Uh, I think our numbers are, are, they're not growing as fast as they are on other shows that I'm a part of, but they are growing steadily, which is positive, And we really appreciate that. Uh, and that's what puts the, you know, we, we sit down and record for about two hours and then I edit for an hour two hours. So four hours a yeah, week into uh- the show.
1: Also, think we're a little bit more focused, and I think people may get more enjoy. I mean, tell us why you're. I'm not gonna sit here and yeah. guess at it. Tell us why you like listening. If you're on Mastodon, we should, mm, we will get some other feedback. Or you can email tw at europay uh, dot that, that 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 still works, uh, as well. Tell us why you're listening, or what you like about the show, or what you don't like about the show. Uh, we're always we open to...
0: Because I have gotten some feedback that we are going a little long, which, yes, we acknowledge that feedback, but... What
1: is a little long? I mean, is it a little True. long to you, though? Like, we never said the show is going to be 45 minutes, and that's what we're going to stick to. We never said that. No,
0: right? no, no, we did so, not.
1: Yeah. And it's a show that I'm on, so it's going to be long. <laughs>
0: it's just the way it
1: works. I don't like trying to squeeze my conversations into, oh, we got to make it in 30 minutes. This is not that show. We didn't say that.
0: Go mm, listen to Double Tap if you want something structured like that. Or Kelly and Romeo if you want a two-hour show. Or any other radio-style show. This is a podcast. It can be as flexible as we want it. Sometimes they're 90 yeah. minutes. Sometimes they're three-hour better now. <laughs> i'm not editing that week you get to edit that demasi we're live to tape then <laughs>
1: uh but as we're technically working see, we almost forgot a thing i'm glad mike mike said what he said i don't remember what he said but he said what he said that reminded me that we had not done the thing we said we were going to do which is again hey we want to thank the Person that subscribed to the tip jar. Right now, we still just have one, so you know, next person will make a big deal about you too. But we want to thank the individual that uh, subscribed to the tip jar. We appreciate you. We appreciate all of you that listen. We are seriously open to the feedback. I know I sound like I'm not. Uh, there are some things I'm not going to change just because you don't like it, but. We are open to feedback about the show. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. And if we can do something about it and it makes sense to make a change, we will do so. So we are interested in your feedback. Please provide that. Uh, I do like the engagement that we've been seeing on, uh, Mastodon. I started following Doug on Mastodon because he mentioned something about something you said about something and I was in the post. I was the like, oh, there's Doug.
0: Clean. email. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, see, that's the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> you <probably laughs> want to wait till you get to the end of the show before you submit your feedback. <laughs> uh, that was funny. You're like, oh yeah, we did find it. I was like, oh, Doug was listening and then he just stopped. He probably paused and was like, let me go tell these idiots what yep. the service was.
0: <laughs> I'm done listening to this show. <laughs> and
1: then about 20 minutes later, Mike was like, it's clean.email. I was like, oh yeah, that, that's it. That's- <laughs> But in all seriousness, thank you for listening. Uh, We will be putting together a pre-recorded episode for the week of uh, the first week of July. So a show will publish on that Monday. It will be pre-recorded. So we won't be live because we will both be at convention. Um, We're going to maybe incorporate some of our conventions at uh, some of our adventures at convention into a future show. If it works out that way, not making any promises.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, I I originally came up with the idea of let's let's do a show and and just record stuff from, but I know how crazy that can get, and we may or may not have the ability to do that. So we're not promising it, but if we can figure out a way to record, say, a good interview with someone or. Just an experience that we're having showing how we handled things at convention uh, for AT guys, we'll do so. Or but we'll-
0: if there's someone at convention you have questions for, again, it goes back to that feedback. Let us know and we can see what we can do. No promises made, but we will be at both NFB and ACB.
1: So that's also a good tip if you or or a good suggestion. If you have something that you would like for us to check out at convention, reach out to us. Mastodon, honestly, I know not everybody's on there that listens to the show, but Mastodon is going to be the best way to get my attention. Yep. Uh, for sure. Cause I get notifications and I see them and I go read what the person wrote and sometimes I reply. I sometimes don't really have anything to say and. Uh-huh. You know, assume that if you mention me on Mastodon, I saw your post and I may not have a response because there's not really a response required. Like I didn't need to tell Doug, Hey man, we got it. Uh And Mike already thanked him for listening to the show. So what, what was I going to say? I'm right. not just going to add extra electrons to the air for no reason. Uh, but assume that I saw it. Uh If, if it does require an answer and you don't get an answer, then you can assume that I didn't see it. But if Michael has answered your question, or if you just said, Hey, great show. And Mike replies and says, thanks for listening. I'm going to take that at, well, the way that I treat that is like Michael is speaking for both of us at that yep. point, because I will say the exact same thing, like, thank you for listening. We appreciate the feedback.
0: <laughs> yep, and that's why you did that a couple of times on Twitter, and I didn't follow up because my coach Demasi already thanked them for listening. because
1: uh-huh. yep. But assume that I saw it, because I do get notifications, and I do let those come through unless I'm in a focus mode, but I will see them, because uh, Mastodon for me is low traffic i don't get notifications when people post i only get notifications when you mention me so that's nice like that check out mona if you're into tinkering uh with your mastodon client it is great it's on mac os and ios almost at windows that would be great if it was but it's not uh or check out ivory i hear ivory also has a beta out for the mac i have not looked at that i probably won't to be honest uh unless we get a request from someone to look at it, and I'll, I'll go take a look at it because I do have it, so I don't have to pay for it. But uh check out Ivory if you just want a simple, and when I say simple, I mean, like, there's not a bunch of knobs and dials and stuff to fiddle with. You know, consider it, considering our backgrounds here, consider it the difference in buying a audio interface like the Vocaster versus buying the Soundcraft. Uh-huh. Uh, so if you're looking for more of a plug and play solution, ivory is definitely there. If you want the flexibility to do almost darn near anything you can think of doing to your layout and actions and customizations, Mona would be the client for you.
0: And now sounds. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That was one Anyway, that hmm. you
1: can find him on Mastodon. If you go to Michael. that will redirect you right now. I will fix this probably before the show publishes. But right now, it redirects you to where Michael used to be on Mastodon, but there's a link on that page that will take you where he is now, which I think is really cool that it did that like that. Uh, I think I missed Michael's message when he told me that's what it did to mine. Uh, me, I'm Demasi, D-A-M-A-S-H-E dot com. We'll redirect you to where I am on Mastodon as well, or just Michael at unmute dot community. And Demasi at unmute.community.
0: Mm, actually, no, it's Payon at unmute.community mm, and Demasi at unmute You are
1: right. Yep. yep. Payon at unmute dot community or demasi at unmute community if you're just trying to get directly there because you're already inside of Mona or Ivory and you're just like, I'm not going back out to Safari to find you. Hey. Reach out to us on Mastodon. Here's a final request for the audience. Reach out if you are an Android user and there you have found a good Mastodon client for Android.
0: Ooh, good call. Yes, because I know there are some out there. So we want to know what you're using because I should use Mastodon on the Pixel a little more.
1: Yeah, I, that that is my intent. So let us know if you have found something good or have a good recommendation or even if you've heard of it, if you're not using it yourself, but you've heard about it from somebody else and it's accessible on Android, let us know. Until next week, thank you for listening.